There is no God like our God. But God is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. To the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word. It is because there is no light in them. I am that I am. Let us pray. Father, again we've come into your presence to receive a word from thee. Lord, we're looking for the bread to be hot today. So feed us as you fed 5,000 with a few fish and some loaves of bread. Feed Glenville today with your word hot from the altar of God. Now, Lord, we need your power. We need your light. So we pray that the Holy Ghost will lighten this room up so that they can see God in a new way. For he is the I am that I am. Amen. If you bought your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to the book of Psalms. Chapter 1, and we'll be reading 1 to 3. I want you to realize the treasure that you have in this very room that shines down on you every, every time you come in there. Right there. Right there, the law of God. And there's a blessing when you start spending time with God and with the law of God. Psalms 1 said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Uh, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. So what will be the result? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever.
whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He's all you need. We're dealing with the law of God. The law of God. And then I have another text for you. Psalms 119, 97 through 100. The longest psalm, the longest chapter. But I want you to see something in here. Psalms 119. Verses 90 through to 100. And here the psalmist says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Though thou, though through thy commandments have made me, you've made me wiser than my enemies. For they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. They're talking about the law of God. For thy testimonies are my meditations. And I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. Throw away your self-help books. All you need is the law of God. You want to prosper? The law of God. For I am that I am. There is none like me. I looked around, but I couldn't find any other God but me. To the law and to the testimony. What else is it? but the law and Jesus and the gospel. I see some Terrells in the house. <laughs> Elder Terrell and Patricia. Some of the foundations of this church. Go back when his dad would be the tent master. We'd throw a tent up. The evangelists would preach so hard that on the streets of Superior. I think it was H.L. Cleveland put a tent up. All, of the, all these guys would preach. And the people sitting in the apartments would join the church. <laughs> to the law. To the testimony. I want to look at the first one. Let's go to the book of Exodus. I want God to preach today. Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. But I want God to come down and preach the word. We're going to go through some perilous times, folks. You're going to have to know God for yourself. Terrible times are coming. Perilous times. But I'm so glad there's no weapon formed. It will prosper. We just throw Exodus 20 up there. 
And God spake all these words saying. Now, we want to stop there. And God spake. Back here, they had idols for gods. But their gods did not speak. They just stood there like this. Now, who wants a God like that? They can neither speak nor move. But our God is able to move. And he began to move his finger. And he began to write, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other God before me. I want you to look around Glenville. You see any God standing up in here? You see Dagon? You see uh, Diana of Ephesus sitting up in here? There is no statues or images in here. And the reason is because God is jealous. And if you come in here bringing some other God and he see you, he's going to get very angry. Because you are his child and he's your father. It's like a marriage. He's almost married to you. I made you. I redeemed you. Now, we look at it as like time. Don't bring any gods before me. But what he's talking about is don't come dragging in some tall god like Dagon before me. Don't bring nothing before me. I'm jealous. Now, you that are married know that if you try to bring another woman before your wife, what's going to happen? You bring her in there. Bring her home. See what happens. (laughs) You're talking about jealous. And God is worse than your wife or your girlfriend. Don't bring her here before me. Don't bring a God before me. I am the only one in here. You won't see Mary over here or Peter over here. You'll see no statues in here. For you must worship me in spirit and in truth. I am God. And I can speak. I know he can talk because he talked to Jesus. The Lord was going to be baptized by John. Remember? Went into the water. And John said, I need to be baptized you. I'm not even worthy to untie your shoe. Why should you? Suffered to be so now. And when the Jesus went in the water and he came up, God spoke just like he spoke here. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I am God. 
and I am that I am. When he called Moses at 80 years old to go and deliver his people, Moses said, who should I say to let them out? Just tell them I am that I am. I am the Lord thy God. There is no other. And that's love because he didn't have to say anything to you or me or anybody. He's God. Now you look out there in space. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament, his handiwork. This is my handiwork. Who is man that thou art mindful of him? When you get out there in the space somewhere, you get lost out there. But I got a brother that knows the way to the father and back. And when you get out there in space, all them horsehead nebulas and Halley's comets and all them stars and all those planets, and you get out there by yourself, And see how you feel. But he said don't worry about being out there. Because I am with you. Always. Even until the end of the world. If you get out there. I'll show you the way. I am your God. Don't worry about it. I got your back. I will see you through. And the text says something else here. I am the Lord thy God which brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage. This means that God is a deliverer. Can't no household you. Can't no land hold you, put you under the earth. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. What can hold you? I am God and there's no other. I am that I am. If you just listen to me and be faithful to me, we'll have a black man in a white house. I don't know how I... (laughs) he got in there even the Ku Klux Klan voted for him and they asked the Ku Klux man why did you vote for the black man Obama he said I voted for the white part of him What can God do? God takes the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I don't know why I'm here preaching the word. Last week I was in Pottstown or Pine Forge somewhere, snowed in in a hotel, (laughs) trying to visit Monique. (laughs) 
But thank the Lord, the next day, Sunday morning, the sun was out. It was shining just as bright. The sky was clear. Went to the teachers' conference, and they were telling me how well Monique was doing and how they love her and, and the good grades she getting. I said, that the same? I'm like, well, the camera I said, that the same girl? <laughs> was it Rama? There's hope. Yeah. But his ID, his identity is he is a deliverer. I hope I can get to Tim, ten of them. <laughs> and all these words he spake, saying, I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. You know, Egypt was known for atheism. The Pharaoh said, Who is God that I should? Let your people go. Normally, he always said, they're God. When God got through at him, he found out who was God. And the house of bondage. We're under, under the law. We're going to die. But yet, we can say because of God's deliverance, O grave, where is where is your victory? Because our God wrote us a letter. We can believe and know that he is God and that he is a deliverer. Now, he says something else. Verse 3, thou shalt have no other gods before me. We went through that already, didn't we? And then he said, thou shalt not Make unto thee any graven image. You cannot remake God. Can't even see him, let alone remake him. And when that finger went through the stone, that same finger that wrote, before the fall of Babylon, Mina, Mina, take care of you, Farson. And Babylon fell that night. That same finger, when they brought an adulterous woman to him, he began to write in the sand. And the folk that brought him, he said, where is thine accusers? And that same finger began to write in stone. You try to write in stone. But he wrote on that, on that stone like you're writing through, I can't believe it's butter. You know how soft that is. That's your father. That's your father. Your father. He's trying to tell you, you got more power than you think. If somebody come up against you and he's a bully, you go get three of your friends and you can beat a bully anytime. You just say, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I need a little help here. And ain't no enemy bully or whatever going to be lasting you. I don't want any likeness. 
of anything that's in heaven, statues of Enoch or whoever, Moses, all of them up in there. Elijah, don't bring them in here. St. Peter, St. Jesus. You know what he looks like. Don't bring a statue in here. I am jealous. Didn't you say that here in verse 5? For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. I love you so much. Nobody better not put their hands on you. It's better that they have a millstone around their neck and thrown in the sea than to mess with one of my children. Visited the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Don't hate him. He'll affect your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. But I'll show mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Number seven, thou shalt not take the name of thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. Some folk call themselves holy. The most holy father. Or reverend. Psalms 111 says, holy and reverend is his name. Anytime you call yourself some big title, you made yourself an idol. And when you come walking up before God, your bones will obey and you'll go down real quick. What's in the name? I wondered about his name. I remember Moses asked a question, said, Lord, show me. Show me your glory. He said, I'll show it to you, but I got to put you in the cleft of a rock and then put my hand here because my glory will kill you. And as he passed by, he began to show that it was his character that was, he's merciful, loving, kind. That's our God. Fear the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. You want to be blessed? Follow the commandments. I used to tell the folk in the church to say, Read Proverbs every day. There's about 30, 30 of them. Today would be the fifth. Read the fifth Proverbs. After that, read the parables. The Proverbs, written by Solomon, the wisest man the world has ever known, but yet became the most foolish man. So it ain't IQ that's going to save you. The devil's got an IQ out of this world. But it can't save him now. 
So we see here good understanding have they that do his commandments. And there's a severe penalty. The Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. God is serious when it comes to his law. You can't trifle with God. It is an immediate threat of punishment. Two of the Ten Commandments have to do with a good name or reputation. The third involves God's name. The ninth involves our good names with each other. For we must respect not only God, but we must respect each other. How many tablets do you see? Two. One, two. Why didn't he make just one? Why didn't he make three? Because you have a duty to him and you have a duty to your neighbor and your family. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and your, uh, your soul and love your neighbor as what? Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Think unto others as you would think unto you. I am that I am. No other name given among men by which you can be saved is Jesus. Names are important. And then we come to the fourth, which says, remember the Sabbath day. He knew you're going to forget. That's why he said, remember. <laughs> remember Lot's wife. You remember her mind was so caught up in Sodom and Gomorrah that she ended up turning into a what? A pillar of salt. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor. Y'all don't want to deal with that. That's work. Not only rest, but you got to work, brethren. <laughs> but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. You, your son, your daughter, manservant, maidservant, cattle, even the stranger in your gate. Now it says something here. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth. That makes him a creator. What else has God in here? He made the earth. The fourth commandment is the only one of the ten in which is found both the name and the title of the lawgiver. That's the seal. It gives you his name, his title, and the territory he rules. The Lord our God, Jehovah, the Lord our God, creator of heaven and earth. That's the seal. I remember Ellen White says she went into the most holy place up in heaven and looked into the ark. And she saw the Ten Commandments in there. But there seemed to be a bright little light in the middle of the commandments. 
it was a little bit brighter than the others. And the reason was because God's name is in there. And it is to be obeyed. Just as the tree was in the midst of the God, so God's seal is in the midst of the law. Now you know where you came from. You came from the creator of the heavens and the earth. And then, another one he writes down here. Number five. Honor thy father and thy mother. And then he put a promise on the end of it. That thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Huh? So to God, parents have a special place in his sight. Be careful how you treat your parents. You may not go along with everything they say, but respect them. Honor them. We've honored the Lord. Honor the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of thy increase. Honor your parents, too. God was the source of everything. On the next tablet, your parents is the source of you. So God is interested in the family. The parent-child relationship is the only human relationship directly prescribed in the Ten Commandments. We're living in an age now where the family is on a shaky ground. We have what they call same-sex marriages now. What does God have to say about that? It is the only one in which a reward is mentioned, long life. Honoring your parents is a way to repay the care they gave us when we grew up. When you couldn't feed yourself, they fed you. When you messed your diaper up, (laughs) they cleaned you. When you didn't have a job, they fed you. Parents are important. I remember Bill Gates said, if you think your parents are bad, young people, where do you get a boss? The world don't care. And then Shirley Caesar had that little song about no charge. For all that I've done for you, no charge. (laughs) Shirley put it on. Even in Malachi, the last verse of the Old Testament, he said, he shall, shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. God doesn't play when it comes to parent, parenting. Parents are entitled to a, a degree of love and respect 
which is due to no other person. Show me a person that you honor, and I'll show what kind of person you are. And he who rejects the rightful authority of his parents is rejecting the authority of God. This is God talking to us. Thou shalt not murder. Respect life. Sometimes we might have to go to war. But don't murder them. He used to say, why you, you Adventists go to war? And the Jehovah Witnesses would say, y'all go to war. Say, even the angels had to fight. <laughs> Michael and his angels fought against Lucifer and his angels. We're in a war now. Life is a war. Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not kill. The sixth commandment concerns our own life and our neighbor's life. The first murder is recorded in Genesis 4, 2, when Cain killed his brother Lucifer. I mean, Abel. I wish they had killed him. Shucks. Lucifer. Jesus called Lucifer a murderer, a murderer in the beginning. I just jumped over my notes. I had Cain and Lucifer. I jumped over Cain and hit Lucifer. But he got it coming. God's going to get root. That's the devil. And the branches. That's us if we don't straighten up. All human life is sacred. Its destruction is seen as a crime against God. A crime against God. Now, they say that you can kill a man with your tongue. You get to gossiping, you can destroy a person. They've written some stuff on the internet sometimes, and these teenagers take it kind of seriously, and they commit suicide because of somebody's tongue has murdered somebody. So we've got to be careful. Gossip has the potential to destroy everyone. Now we come to the purity of a relationship. It says, thou shalt not commit Adultery. What is this adultery? The word adultery comes from the word adulterate, which means to con contaminate and to make impure. You can contaminate the marriage, or you can contaminate and destroy trust in the relationship. I remember when the woman grabbed hold of Joseph, remember, and 
tried to get him to commit adultery. And Joseph left his coat in her hand and ran. He said, I cannot do this great sin and sin against God. We are made in the image of God. And whatever you do to the image of God, you do to him. Well, I don't do that. But yet Jesus said, you may not do that. But he that looketh upon a woman to lust after has already committed adultery in his heart. Jesus go down to the core. He's going to magnify this thing. You ain't going to get away. Everybody in here has come short of the glory of God. This law cannot save you, but it can show you where your dirt is on your face. This law is older than you think it is. It goes way back. This commandment concerns our own and our neighbor's chastity. We should be as much afraid of that which defiles the body as that which uh, destroys it. It was given, this commandment was given to protect the family. When you run outside of God's commands, you have a risk. It's like that quarterback. If he gets out the pocket, he's in trouble. As long as they protected him, he's okay. But if he go out there and get out the pocket, out the gate, What's going to happen? We have AIDS, gonorrhea, and syphilis. The book of Proverbs written by Solomon has much to say about the woman on the street. How her way leads straight to hell. You'll have wounds and pains that you don't know where it's coming from. But yet going out there, we live in a culture that glamorizes and even promotes adultery. You can't even watch soap operas no more. They're getting you. <laughs> Somebody's in bed with somebody. Hollywood. Internet. Porn. Everything is out here. We used to only have three channels. Channel, what was it? Channel four. It's, they jump around, you know. Channel nine turned to channel eight or whatever. It was three, five, and nine, or eight. Three, five, and eight. Now you got how many? Oh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of channels. But I'm just going to teach you on ten channels right here. That's all you need is ten channels. Meditate in his law day and night, and you will prosper. You will be wiser than your enemies. You'll be wiser than your, 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 your teachers. I remember in John Adams, we used to sit in the auditorium. In the auditorium, they always had a big sign up there. 
where there is no vision, the people perish. And I would look at it and say, what is that talking about? My eyes or what? But we have something in our auditorium, our congregation, we can look at. And we got the vision. Matter of fact, the Lord's going to pour his spirit on some of y'all, and y'all going to see some visions. That's what he said. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your young men will see visions, and your old men will have dreams. Because vision takes a whole lot out of you. Daniel wasn't breathing when he was in vision. Ellen White wasn't breathing when she was in vision. They put a little candle in front of her. See if it flicker while she's talking. And Lord help if she prayed. Usually just she just said, Father this. But if she ever said, Oh my father, you're in trouble. There's going to be some tears. <laughs> the spirit going to fall. Oh, I wish we could get back. But we got to protect the family. There's no such thing as holy sex. You know, two clean sheets can't get dirty. All that old kind of stuff. You remember that? <laughs> members <laughs> with members. There's spiritual adultery. You bring an idol in here, that's spiritual adultery. You running with another God, he ain't going to be, you know, that's adultery. Keeping our faith and trust with each other and keeping our faith and trust with God is what separates us from the rest of the animal world. We are not animals. We are the children of God. Thou shalt not steal. That means just be honest. When you're dealing with things, be honest. The commandments so far have dealt with issues of divine authority, life and death, honoring the family and sacred time. Suddenly God has shifted gears from the Holy Spirit and holy relationships to the issue of things. Don't steal your neighbor's coat. Don't steal this. People have property rights. Why should you take it? The devil tried to take God's throne. What kind of stuff is that? God considers the possession of things of sufficient importance. He included it in the law of God. Whether it's stealing money, stealing ideas, Whatever it is, thou shalt not steal. God expects us to, re to respect a person's property because it's his. Stealing becomes an offense against the human spirit who owns the property as well as against God because of the command not to steal. God gave it to him. Why should you take it? We are to serve and love one another, not steal from another. A thief is caught, he had to pay back double sometimes. Crime doesn't pay. But the criminal does pay. He will reap what he sows. 
The Eighth Commandment also condemned man-stealing and slave-dealing. Don't have it be written in heaven, fraud registered against you. Respect one another. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Be truthful. This forbids speaking falsely in any manner. Lying, deceiving, speaking unjustly. Proverbs 6.16 says, There are six things that the Lord hates. And one of them is a lying tongue. Stop lying. Stop lying under oath in a court of law. Now, my favorite judge is Judge Judy. And if you lie to her, you're in trouble. She ain't going to believe anything else you say. You get to talking, she's, and you get to shifting and shifting your eyes. No, look right at me. Look right at me. Look at me. <laughs> it's something when somebody's looking at you. But yet the Bible says we rob God looking at him. And while he's looking at us, we're robbing him. In tithe and offering. It's bad enough to steal it when he ain't there, but when he's right there. A false witness will not go unpunished. No one who utters lies will go free. Number 10. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your fellow man's wife or his manservant or his female servant or his ox, his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Be content with what you have. Look at him. All the angels is bowing to him. And I, Lucifer, stands here. I ain't getting no respect. I'm going to set my throne above the throne of God. You know, covet God. And he, he thinks that he can get all the angels in heaven on his side. You know what he end up, don't you? Heading down. The floor dropped from under him. And one-third of the angels will lose their eternal life because somebody was discontent, wanted to covet God's throne. But you better know the law because the devil is a cunning and crafty fellow. He even told Jesus, I'll give all this to you, Lord, if you just bow down and worship me. 
Lord said, get behind me. It is written that only God will you serve and God only. But there's some folk that'll sell their soul for a dollar. Thou shalt not covet something that belongs to your neighbors. This commandment strikes at the root of all sin. Covetousness is the beginning of all sin that is committed by us. Not satisfied. Oh, I wish I could sing like Alan. (laughs) You do what you got to do. Sing the way you want to sing. There's nobody like you in the universe. You're unique. They can't replace you. You have your talents. You have your skills. Use them to the glory of God. Don't want to get somebody else's stuff. All the commands of God cover three categories. Your acts, your speech, and your heart. God is concerned with your heart and your thoughts. As a man thinketh, so is he. And so the Ten Commandments are a direct communication between you and God. He loved you enough to let you know that he exists and that he's with you. I don't care if you have to walk down 105th, Arthurwaite, Scoville, wherever it's dangerous, you know, 105th and Elgin. (laughs) Or if you go out in space, I don't care where you go, he's going to be there. Because he loved you. He didn't have to tell you anything. In the word it says, Even if you ascend like the eagles and make your nest in the stars, I'm there. Even if you make your bed in hell, I'm there. I am that I am, and there's none like me. You're my child. We're going to go through some perilous times. If you love me, keep my commandment. Do you love the Lord today? Now the testimony... God has written us a letter again with his finger, but it's in the word here in Revelation. You see, in Laodicea, I just have something against you. You're lukewarm. This world is coming to an end. It's already, this, this country is bankrupt. And my church is neither hot nor cold. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you come and buy from me what you need. You're poor, so come and get some gold from me. A little faith and a little love. You're naked, I'm going to give you my righteousness. You're blind, I'm going to put some eye salve on you so that you can see. 
He's concerned about us. We're getting too much like the world. You can't tell the difference, are they? But he said, you are a peculiar people to me. If you keep my commandments, you will be a peculiar people. And you are peculiar. I remember on my job, they would watch to see if I went to work Saturday. Oh, leave him alone, boss. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't coming. He ain't coming. And they looked for me. I wasn't there. They would check my lunch bag, take, you know. I know he got a little meat in there. A little pork in there. But that sets you apart because they know you, you, have helped, you believe in health, right? I remember E.E. E. Cleveland talking about, well, y'all can eat what you want to eat, you know. But I'm going to stick with this vegetable diet. But y'all can go ahead and do the others. But you better get a new theme song. I ain't got long. Stay here. And Elder Lawrence was even, he was even rougher tail, you know. He had a sermon called The Beatitudes of Daniel and the Revelation, you know. And I couldn't understand. The one in Daniel was the 13-something, 35. But he would get that, that one in Revelation. Blessed are they that do his commandments. That they might have a right to the tree of life and enter into the gates huh, of heaven. But outside are dogs. Are you a dog? What do dogs eat? Oh, man. He was rough, Elder Lord. <laughs> but God, what God wants to do is make us like us. Sometimes he uses trials. He uses trials to make us like him. I remember poor Joseph. He would, I mean, he didn't deserve to be in jail. But yet, the Bible says he was prosperous in jail. I said, how can he be prosperous locked up? But I found out he had a little secret because, see, he had to go through some terrible things being in jail, and then I know he was depressed sometimes, but yet he had a connection with God. He had that connection that he had the divine presence with him. He knew the law, and he kept the law, didn't he? Even in his suffering, when the, when the cupbearer and the baker was having a little problem, he forgot about himself and said, how can I minister to these brothers? What's the problem, brother? Oh, the king put us out, man, put us in jail. But he took, it took suffering to bring him like that, to be ministered. God was preparing him for a palace because he moved up and he was second in command of Egypt. If you obey God, everything that you do will prosper. He may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. So we must trust God. In all that we do. And the Lord spake all these words saying. I am. 
the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other God before me. That's love. So you can walk boldly. And you can come boldly to the throne of grace. For now you have a brother sitting at the right hand of the father. A God was born in Bethlehem. A little baby. And this baby was the savior of the world. As I come to my close. We ought to spend a little time with God sometime. We're always talking to everybody else. But how many times do we talk to God? The Muslim brothers, they pray five times a day and with prayer rugs. And we barely can get out of bed to pray. And yet our God still loves us. Even when we were in sin. He loved us. And now he's standing outside saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man would open the door and let me in, I'll come and have supper with him. He didn't leave you by yourself comfortless. He says, I go away, but I'm going to send you another comforter. Even the Holy Ghost. And he will guide you through all truth. He will convict you of your sin. Pray that he will give you the victory over it. So that when we go home to see Jesus. For he's coming through this space. He's coming through Orion. He's coming through. Why? Because he wants to get us. And if it's your desire to follow him when he comes, will you stand at this time? If you love me, keep my commandments. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Maybe there's someone today that wants to make his way down to the Lord. Maybe you didn't keep all the commandments, but the Lord will give you the strength and the power to keep them. If any man is thirst, let him come to the fountain of life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How can you turn down such a deal as that? 
You have a life that will be measured with God. You have a tongue that will be able to sing eternal songs, Richard. They ain't heard no singing yet. One day they're going to see angels, thousands, millions of angels singing to God and singing to his glory. I want to be there. What about you? God loves you with an everlasting love. There isn't anything God would not do to save you. Two thieves were on the cross, one on the right hand and one on the left. The one on the left said, Lord, come down and save yourself and save us. And the Lord's head was still low, but yet the one on the right said, we deserve what we're getting. This man has done nothing. Lord, remember me when you come into paradise. The Lord stopped dying and said, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. There is no situation God can't get you out of. One day Enoch was walking with God. They said Enoch walked with the Lord, with God. One day he was walking with him and the Lord said, you come this far, you might as well go all the way with me. And the folks said, where is Enoch? Enoch was, was not because God took him. One day Jesus is going to come out that sky and scoop all y'all up. Scoop us up. And take us home. Take us all home. There's a righteous nation under the earth. 